0: Welcome, thanks for listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. This podcast you're listening to, I'm the host. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7am on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams everywhere on WPRK.org. Or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat this episode's neat person is Richard M. Smith, and as you will soon hear, Richard is really into growing hops. Normally I would make a bunch of hop puns and jumping wordplay, but having two teenagers has broken me as far as dad jokes go. Those cold lifeless eyes whenever I make a terrible pun. They've Pavloved me out of my sense of humor. For more on Richard and all the other guests, please visit certaindegree.com. Now on with the show. Andrew Bird on WPRK, Weiner Park, Florida, from his album Andrew Bird and the Mysterious Production of Eggs. That was Tables and Chairs. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. Uh, I do this every week, and every week I have a very special guest. This week uh, I have tried to tie the music into what he does. So Tables and Chairs are a good segue because you need tables and chairs to do a uh, radio show. You need tables and chairs to enjoy friends and family when you're out having a beer. And so uh, I thought that would be appropriate for Richard M. Smith is here from Florida Hops. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. This is awesome.
0: as uh, As a biologist, as a plant grower, I would imagine you have to get up early anyway.
1: Yeah, as a a parent. As a
0: parent, (laughs) (laughs) you have to get up early. Um, If you want to learn more about Florida Hops, it's a hop nursery uh, providing live-rooted hop plants, fresh hops, and hop production consultation. Obviously, this has been something that's uh, been growing in Florida as we go from just a few... Breweries around the state to uh, about a million of them right, or so. So uh, I'm sure you've been very busy. But, Richard, let's get to know you better a uh, little bit first, if you don't mind. We're going right. to play a quick game. And uh, basically, it's a little like 20 questions. I'm just going to ask you something, and you're going to give okay. me uh, your opinion on it. But instead of saying yes or no, up or down, you're going to say hop, skip, or jump. So hop, skip, if you're for something. Okay. We can just shorten that up to hop if you want. And jump if you're against something. Now hop, it just signifies that you're you're more happy about something. You know you're hopping for joy, that sort of thing. Uh, jumping, you know, we often talk about uh, leaping without looking and things of that nature. So jumping is bad in this case. Okay. Hopping or hop is good. Right. How does that
1: sound? It's good. All right. March Madness. How do you feel about March Madness? Hop, skip, or jump? Uh, hop. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I love March Madness. It's uh a great time to watch you know the college basketball players and and I, I enjoy it it's a really good time
0: now do you follow it like do you do brackets and stuff no, or is it, no. is it just <laughs> I appreciate the sport of it and uh, not so much the gambling part uh, yeah exactly <laughs> you know,
1: I, I really enjoy you know the sport and what the guys do out there on the court yeah very nice alright hop skipper jump driverless cars uh, you know I wanna say hop. I heard this uh on one episode, you asked that question and yeah. uh I I wanna say uh a hop. Um I think uh they're kinda of cool. I'll be able to sit back and chill and the car will take me where I need to go. I mean, yes, definitely, you know, technology needs to advance to be able to understand, you know, what to do in, in a you know, life or death situation, but hop. I'm so, all for it.
0: So as of right now, would you get in one?
1: Uh yeah, definitely. That'd okay. be awesome. Yeah, right. very good. Yeah. Where are you on
0: professional wrestling?
1: (laughs) I am. uh, I'm a hop. Uh, You know, my me and my uncle used to watch it when we were growing up. You know, Hulk Hogan and you know Gravedigger. Oh, Gravedigger is that a no? Uh, I don't know. The Undertaker. Yes. 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 Yeah. (laughs)
0: Gravedigger (laughs) is the monster truck version of the Undertaker. (laughs)
1: Is my understanding. Yeah. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) <laughs> so it, it's good memories but uh yeah. yeah. I I I like the uh uh you know the professional as far as uh, like uh, MMA type you know sport there. Okay. Very good. Uh how do you feel about jerky,
0: hop skip or jump?
1: Uh I uh, skip. That, you know I'll have jerky every once in a while, yeah. you know. It's not something I'm I'm looking to have, you know. Um skip. Okay, now let me ask you this. Can we make a uh, hop jerky? You definitely can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. on.
0: yeah. Is that on the list of things you want to make?
1: Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody can do it. All right. Very good. So, how long have you lived in uh, Florida? Uh, All my life. Oh, really? Uh, Were you born here? I was born in uh, Pahokee, Florida, um, you know, near Belle Glade. uh, But beginning of my life lived in Belle Glade, Florida. A little small town, um, Muck City. Everybody who's from there knows about it. Okay. Um, yeah. A large agricultural community there. So it's oh, great right. sugar cane, rice. So, yeah. Very nice. So then where do you land on the beach? Hop, skip, or jump? Oh, hop. I used to live in uh, Fort Pierce in Vero Beach. But Fort Pierce, I used to live right next to the beach. And I could ride my bike to the beach. Well, not next to the beach. you know, I rode my bike yeah, to yeah. the beach. right? Close <laughs> enough. Yeah, close enough. You know, more so than now. But, uh, um I love the beach. Yeah. Do you get, uh, you know, you're, you're
0: married. You got a couple of kids. Do you guys go out there a lot now or yeah. is it, you know, just maybe a couple
1: of times a year? Um, I, my son would love to go out there, you know, every weekend. So, uh, we go out, we just came from the beach on uh Thursday. It yeah. Was. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've been to the beach so many times. I used to watch these old guys walk around with a metal detector and, uh, I, I was like I need to get one though. So now finally I have one and <laughs> I was I walking around the beach looking for stuff. So have uh, you fa- oh well that's great. Have you found anything I cool? Just junk you know every once in a while but I think you're I, not gonna, you're yeah. not going to admit
0: if you found anything. Yeah,
1: I'm not a professional. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was one guy who was walking around with one and uh, I was like cool like we're the only two guys on the beach with metal detectors. Like this is awesome, man. but he was so busy he didn't really want to acknowledge me. So I respect that. You know, I don't want to I know would imagine anything. it's a very competitive right. sort of culture, right? <laughs> it is. Like, you want to be the first to find the treasure. So does that dude. You know, he, he had a spot. And, uh, you know, he didn't find what he was looking for. I'm watching him. I was like, okay, yeah, he's digging right there. And uh, so when he left, I went back <laughs> and see if I could find what he was looking for. If my uh, receiver would go off. But uh, it did. But, you know, I. I just went out there just to play around. He had all the equipment and stuff like that. So, oh man, that's yeah. that's fun. That's a shame. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> no, no,
0: I love that. Uh, where do you land on colonizing Mars?
1: Oh, um, hop! I love it. You know, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty cool. You know, the what's the movie with uh, Matt Damon? Um, he, uh, you know, he was on Mars, I guess, and yeah. uh, you know, the, the fact that he was a, a a, a biologist. Yeah. yeah. It was a botanist, and uh, we grew potatoes. Like, you know, when I was watching the movie, I felt a certain pride because of that. You know, like, we'll, we'll be able to save the world, you know, or inhabit a new one. And, uh, in fact, there's a – I just posted this. There's a little study that was done on um, hops and the soil, Martian soil. So they made a sample of Martian soil based on certain compounds, components, And what we
0: know of uh,
1: the place, yeah. Right, and hops seem to really uh, take to that kind of condition. So Mars, uh, we'll be able to grow hops there. So Okay, so we can can terraform it with hops. Yes. We can grow hops there. So there'll be plenty
0: of beer on Mars. Yeah. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah,
1: but I think there's some kind of compound in the soil that the plants will take up and, you know, it it Mm. may kill you. So, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, It's a risk but, right? uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm willing to take, right? I'm, I'm, I'm do good <laughs> with that. I'm good with that. Uh, let's see. How about crowd sharing scooters? Hop, skip, or jump. So this is the next big thing. You had the the ride share bicycles that are around town, the orange and the green ones. And out west, they're doing crowd share the electric like razor scooters.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I see the green bikes around, and I, 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 I'm a skip. You know, I. Uh, If they were free, that'd be cool. You know, just don't have to pay that much or pay nothing. You just ride around. But I'll skip it. Uh, The scooters, I like walking. You know, I I really enjoy walking. If I go to a new town or something, I like to walk around just check it out. You know, Um, I think the scooter is, uh, you know, not as fun. Is that, is
0: walking sort of a uh, time when you're thinking about things, when you're processing? That's your
1: meditative, reflective time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's good that you mentioned that because, well, um, I was thinking about that myself. Like, you know, when do I meditate? I realized, like, yeah, it is when I walk. So I definitely take, you know, some time and, you know, walk and no music, just the sounds of nature, people, things Mm of that nature. Things like that, and uh, oh, okay, so you're yeah. not listening to any music no. while you're doing that, no. yeah, no. So I can, you know, figure some things out, you know, very nice. So you don't think you could meditate
0: faster on an electric scooter? <laughs> no, <laughs> 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 oh uh, well, fair enough. <laughs> um, it's not for everybody. No. <laughs> uh, where do you land on zombies? Hop, skip, or uh,
1: yeah, zombies? Uh, I'm, I'm a hop if. The zombies are like the old-school kind where they're slow-moving, you know? Yeah. I'll skip if they're the fast-moving kind that, you know, they have greater abilities than they did when they were really? a human. Yeah. Because, yeah. so, you know, if they were human, none of them would be running that fast for right. that long. You can't jump that high. So right.
0: <laughs> yeah okay, very good. do you watch any zombie
1: shows or zombie movies kind of stick out to you yeah you know, i I watch some here and there uh be honest uh I'm not a well I'm a fan of television but not a big fan of consistently watching the same show for you know a while I get bored and but yeah, I do watch some zombie movies um especially growing up, we would watch a lot of those uh zombie like movies yeah. So I know you have the family. I know you have the two kids. Um, tiny
0: houses hop skip or jump.
1: I I like the idea of a tiny house, yeah. right? You know, it's cool, you know, you having a little space. You know, I feel like my own house is tiny right now, you know. But uh I think uh I, I I think I'm in between on that one, right? Hop skip, you know? I don't know. Hop jump. I don't know what you want to call that. Hopish? But uh, I actually saw one online where they added a greenhouse to the tiny house. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, that's weird. The tiny house is getting bigger. And and, uh, isn't that kind of, you know, against the idea of a tiny house, you know? But, yeah, it had a greenhouse to it. And, uh, you know, you can grow your own food. I'm sure it's not enough to support yourself. Um, but well, yeah. it's a
0: tiny greenhouse no, a and t- yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not thinking that's gonna be very weird. but i can see that like in the middle of a farm
1: right right you live in your tiny house in the middle of a farm right. and you're able to walk out and yeah, if is- it was like a community like that was supported by a greenhouse and you had all these other tiny houses around yeah. it yeah that'd be cool all right yeah we should in do this where do you land?
0: Okay, so this is a pretty serious question for me because I'm still trying to process this. So this is one of the reason I ask these questions, there are these specific ones, is in many cases I'm still trying to process this stuff. Okay. Disney remakes, the live action remakes. Okay. So the Aladdins, the Dumbo's, the Beauty and the Beast, the all the ones that are coming out. How do you feel about those? Lion King is a live action or as much as you can a live action movie.
1: It I'm I'm all for um uh, you know, animation. You know, I really enjoy the animation. So uh, I would I would skip. I like to see, you know, the artistic nature of yep. the cartoons. And, you know, it. You know I enjoy okay. that stuff. But if I'm seeing it live action, you know, I, there's this guy's legs. or They're running around holding stuff. You know, that kind of stuff. I, I like to see the, the animations. Okay. I like cartoons. How about that?
0: And, you know, were those classic movies for you? Like yeah, the absolutely.
1: Aladdin's Little Mermaids of yeah, the World? Yeah, my, uh, my sister... Um, she used to watch uh, Little Mermaid like on repeat, right? So I know every line of that <laughs> entire movie. It's it's a shame, you know. I'm omitting a lot of stuff with this show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let me know yeah. if there's anything you want me to cut out of the podcast <laughs> <Right>. version.
0: <laughs> um, no, my you're just gonna break the... into les poissons, <laughs> les <laughs> poissons. Uh, eventually, okay, no. very good. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> right. Uh, a couple more, and then we'll take a break, and we'll definitely get to more about Florida hops as well. Let me ask you about cursive. Did you have to learn cursive, the handwriting style, when you yes, were a kid?
1: Yes, I did. My, my mother, she's an English teacher, and, uh, you know, she would write in cursive. She had beautiful handwriting. Um, but my dad, you know, he writes in all block letters, you know, mm-hmm. capitals. And I like that better. So, you know, I write in all block letters. And, uh you know, just kind of has a rebellious nature that you know I don't have to write in cursive or anything like that, um, yeah. but cursive is 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 nice when you can read it. you yeah. know some people's cursive uh, you know is like you know their own interpretation of it, you know, uh, but <laughs> I like block letters so all right Very skip. good. all right, so we are uh, on the last one for now.
0: This right. is very important, okay cobbler hop skip or jump. <laughs>
1: Uh, <clears throat> I've, uh I'm in between on that one, you know. I cobbler, I'm okay without it, you know. Skip, I guess. You know, I'm okay without cobbler, you know. Uh it's not going to make or break my day or okay. you know. But uh I guess I'm not too big on the dessert side, you That's know. That's what I was going to yeah. be my next question. <laughs> not much of a sweet tooth? Uh I do, is just, you know, I'm as I'm getting older, uh it's kind of phasing its way out. Ah, uh, you're uh, trying to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Trying to be healthier. Yeah. yeah. I so, see. Yeah.
0: So when you were, when you did have a sweet tooth when you were younger, and you're still a young man, so let's right, yeah, put be. that out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was your dessert of choice or what
1: was your sweet of choice? Oh, man, um, I would really enjoy a key lime pie. You know, that stuff is uh, great. I couldn't yeah. pass it up. Yes. Even now, if I see it, it's like, mm, should I have it or not? And then I pass it up.
0: So is that any key lime pie, or is it, you know, the good key lime? Because I understand, like, if it's
1: green, that's not necessarily the color it's supposed right, to be. Right, You know, it's it's almost any key lime, really. You know, I like to taste the <laughs> diversity of uh, key lime pies. But I'm just testing to see if it's good, yeah. Right, it's like, oh, this is great. Did a good job. All right, Richard, we'll leave it at that for now. Um, if anybody
0: wants to follow Florida Hops on Instagram, it's at Florida Hops. Uh, Facebook and Twitter. It's FL Hops. And can you just, just for edification, because I can kind of say what it is. But when somebody asks you, what is Florida
1: Hops? What do you do? What do you say? Uh, uh, Florida Hops is a plant nursery. We sell and uh, distribute live rooted hop plants. We also, uh, the main part of the business is the the plant nursery. So we re- distribute those plants uh, nationwide. Um, And the second portion is consultation for growers. So we take our experience. This is a long version, I guess. But we take our experience and uh, uh, we show growers how to have a successful harvest uh, their first time out.
0: And for people who don't know, we'll get into this in the next segment. For people who don't know, there's a bunch of different types of hops out there. that lead to a bunch of different flavors that especially the craft brewers use. Uh, to create different flavors and interesting things when they're brewing their beer. Right. So if you're a fan of craft brewing, you've probably read somewhere that this contains this kind of hops or this contains this kind of hops, and that's kind of what you
1: do is uh, you specialize in a few different ones, or how does that work? Uh, besides the consultation, we also are involved in uh, research. So we do varietal trials to see, and also breeding. Uh, so we're trying to breed a hop that is more acclimated to our environment. Uh, But we're trying to, uh, you know, find out which hops will do well here of the hops that are available. There's like 350 plus hops and the new hops are being created all the time. Um, About 100 plus are being used for brewing right now. Uh, So we go through those hops to see, you know, which ones will do well in our environment. So um, we may not be able to grow the ones the brewers want. They always want the, you know, proprietary versions, the mosaics, the centra you know, those things, uh, but we will grow traditional hops that have a different character profile than, you know, than they're used to. And that's our, that's one of the benefits of growing hops in Florida. You're going to get something that is different, um, kind of like grapes, you know. They take on the qualities of their yeah. environment. And it was a time when I would think Florida would have, uh, like, a, a poor quality to, because, you know, when I think of Florida, I think about all the bad things to say about Florida, Florida man, this and that. Um, but our hops, our agriculture, our horticulture uh, is very strong. We're, um, you know, number two in the country as far as uh, the horticulture goes. And um, the hops really shine through uh, for us. They have very strong, uh, beautiful, you know, aromas. Uh, the brewers love and the growers, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful plant um, in, in that regard. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we'll get into. I have so many questions about that because
0: I'm a big fan of craft brewing. I'm a big fan of hop-based beer or beer where the hops really come through. Right. Uh, so I want to talk all about that. And if people want to learn more and uh, they want to go to the website, it's floridahopx.com. Is that right. correct? Yep. Floridahopx.com. Very nice. Thank you, Richard. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Let's play a song. This is Cayetana with Hot Dad Calendar on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, you're listening to A Certain Degree. Let me take you back in time to episode 106 with Banks Helfrick. Actually scratch that, listen to that episode if you want. Banks is funny and interesting. He's been performing in front of audiences forever as a storyteller and as an educator. Whether or not you listen to that episode, he does some really incredible events around town. One is called Black Cow Jumps. It's a combination of scripted and improvised vignettes with some talented local actors. That's at the Winter Park Library every other month, and it's going to be at the Fringe Festival this year. Also at the Winter Park Library, Banks hosts a monthly international film festival called Life Screenings. It is free! Many of the filmmakers are present to answer questions, and all the films are curated. The theme is to show a world we would want to live in. More info, bankshelfrick.com That's B-A-N-K-S-H-E-L-F-R-I-C-H dot C-O-M. Back to the show. Kyle on WPRK winter park florida that was hot dad calendar from their album nervous like me i'm not nervous my name is nick i do this every week so i'm finally getting used to it coming on three years of doing this on a day-to-day basis and one of the reasons i'm not nervous is because i always have amazing guests this week no exception richard m smith is here from florida hops we were talking a little bit about hops off air and one of the nice things about that richard is that it's very easy to tell that you're passionate about this.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, man. So it's, you know, it's something that started out in, well, let's talk about it. Let's go back a little bit. I want to learn more about you and, you know, a lot of stuff about you specifically, but obviously this is what you're 100% passionate about. Yes. It takes up a lot of, you know, when you're not thinking probably about uh, your your spouse and your kids, you're thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so how did this come about that you started growing hops? You started, you know, uh, thinking about it. You started really looking at, okay, how can I grow this in Florida and make it available to breweries and help them out in terms of, uh, making a delicious,
1: delicious, uh, product? Well, um, like 2012 is when it kind of actually started uh, to take it back that far, but, um, non traditional student I uh, was at University of Florida in uh, one of my classes professor mentioned that he was a home brewer, I guess you know that was picking up as well and um he had grown some hops and um prior to that, I was a master gardener uh uh Florida nursery grower like licensed professional horticulture professional professional uh <laughs> horticultural professional license and uh, that is hard to say, yeah, yeah he <laughs> need a new name for that yeah um <laughs> Yeah, so, but the out of all that training and all that education that I had, the one thing that I knew besides that was that you couldn't grow hops in Florida. Like, you just couldn't do it. And so when he said that, you know, yeah, he had a couple of plants. I never saw the plants that he grew, uh, but he said he had a couple of plants. And, you uh, know, I was like, wow, you know, we can, so you grew some hops. He said, yeah, I grew some hops. And uh, I said, do you realize, like, you know, craft brewers would go crazy over that right now? This is like, you know, we had. 30 breweries, and, you know, it's not many at all, um, and then I think uh, later, uh, maybe a few years later, we crossed over for the first time, I guess, 1874, we had, you know, the most breweries, uh, in the at the time, like 4,000 and change, and then, you know, 2016, we crossed that over, 2017. Oh,
0: so when everybody consolidated. Right. And then we finally got back to that again.
1: Right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was like, well, I need to do a, a project. And so I ended up getting some scholarships and, you know, got some money to support research and bought some plants with that, put them out in a, a rainout shelter, a, green, a little, you know, modified greenhouse. So I can control uh, the climate somewhat and uh, started there. Um, and it was like, uh, you know, I figured if I could get the plant to grow, I didn't know what you know, we couldn't grow in Florida. I didn't know what that meant. So, you know, let's put some data to it. Uh, so I got the plant to grow. You know, I got cones off the plant. The yields were low, um, not significant. But if you're looking at like a specimen plant, you could grow hops. You could see what the hop cone looked like. As a Floridian, I had never seen a hop cone. Yeah. And I realized, well, there's other people out here who have never seen a hop cone either. Right. And, you know, just the idea that hops could not grow in Florida was so, you know, ingrained in Our culture, as far as horticulture and craft brewing, um, there were some challenges that we needed to get over, uh, but you can grow hops in Florida. So, uh, we went from there, um, graduated, uh, summa cum laude. I was the only one in my graduating class, uh, with that distinction. Um, got hired as a biological scientist at the university to continue doing medicinal plant research, which included hops. And, um. learned a lot more about the plant from there. So I had a lot of hands-on experience at, at that point. Um, and I really reached out, and I'll tell you earlier, I reached out via social media to connect to uh, a broader audience who would mm-hmm. find interest in this kind of thing. And uh, and it was it ended up doing much better than I had anticipated. Uh, I had people all over the country, all over the world, really interested in what we were doing Um we would have people come from, you know, Canada, Brazil. People would be in Florida on the spring break, vacation. They would come to the research facility to see these plants. And there was only 60 of them at the time, but they, it was just, you know, captivating for them to see, like, wow, you guys are really, you know, breaking the mold. You know, changing the whole idea that you could grow. You, you actually can grow hops in Florida. Um, so this was so ingrained, like no one even tried. Well, people tried before. I'm not the first, okay. you know. Uh, but people have tried before. But the plant you're growing a plant in a totally almost opposite environment of which it is typically grown in. Um, you know, so it's a colder environment, right, Normally, yeah. yeah they get. I'm
0: thinking like uh, uh, like Germany or something along those right, lines. Yeah, right.
1: right. Um, uh, in Pacific Northwest, you know, they get uh, long sunny days um, very cold winters in Florida. We have very short days, uh, 13 hours. We max out at 13 and a half. And then our winters are almost nonexistent. You know, we get cold maybe yeah. for three or four days, of uh, the whole, you know, year. Um, so we didn't know how the plant would respond to that. So, uh, but now we realize it's like, okay, well maybe we can get the plant to do what we needed to do in our environment to be able to produce, uh, decent yields and we just have to think about how we work with the plant in a totally different way. We can't do what is typically done. We have to change up some of our uh, cultural practices.
0: Right. Cause it's not enough to, that the plant grows, right. right? You still need the hops and you need enough of the hops off of it to make it worthwhile.
1: Right. So, you know, once we realized, you know, so that work was sh- showing people that yes, you can grow hops in Florida, you know, so we did uh, research there and you know, that work got published. Um, So we proved it, but now after we proved that you can grow hops, we have to increase the yield so it can become not just a backyard, you know. uh, A hobby kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, to become, you know, larger, uh, a commercial uh, industry. And that's where we are now is, you know, pushing the hop plant to do what we needed to do to become commercially viable. And I think last year we proved that. uh, We have to do, you know, a little manipulation to the environment for the plant. So we use supplemental lighting. Uh, we use two processes, you know. One is a light extension where you add four to five hours, uh, four to seven hours of light to the plant. You can use LED lamps or metal halide lamps. And the other process is called uh, nighttime interruption where you're just breaking up the dark period of the plant. So the plant's perception is that it's a shorter night and in turn thinking it's a longer day. The whole point is to keep the plant from flowering. Uh, Once the plant, and without the lighting, the plant will hit maybe 10 feet in flower. Your yields are very low, a quarter pound the plant, which is not much at all. Mm -hmm. With the lights, we can get the yields to be almost eight times as uh, uh, increase, you know, compared. And so that's significant. You know, you're hitting almost two, three pounds on first year plants. That's that's exciting, you know, to see a fully loaded hop plant 20 feet tall in less time than anywhere else in the country.
0: So let me ask you uh, this about it. You have to grow these if you're going to add the light to it. Um, and I love the idea of interrupting their sleep, right? Because uh, we're always talking about how do we get enough sleep as humans. But <laughs> hop plants, yeah. you don't want them to get too much sleep. No, wake up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is mainly in greenhouses and stuff, right? Like you're No, not,
1: this is uh, the first work we did was yeah. in greenhouse. You know, okay. But this is actually field production. So you can go out to a traditional-looking hop yard. Um, the only difference is that we'll have lights instead oh, okay. of, you know, no lights. But you can go out with in a traditional-looking hop yard, walking around with your beer, uh, enjoying yourself. You know, we did that at uh, Central Florida Hops, one of my clients. And, um, you know, it was just something that people had not been used to. Mm-hmm. Um, they would look up at the plant. You know, their hop yard is about 16 feet tall. So the plants are towering over you, um, and you're walking in a row. And they're reaching out. They can touch you. You can touch the plant. And there's these beautiful cones. And, you know, at the end of the season, when the plants are getting ready to be harvested, the aroma is just filling the air. And, you know, you can just really take in a lot of this tropical or fruity or, you know, whatever aroma that the hop is producing at that time. So it's it's quite the experience. And for Floridians to, you know, really enjoy it that that's that's what i like to see is, yeah. you know coming out and like wow i, I couldn't Seems believe like it that, wow, yeah.
0: this is amazing yeah so for people who don't know there's you can look it up but the hop itself almost looks like a, a smaller green pine cone right for lack of a better term. so that's right. when you say the hop comb right yeah. that's what you're talking
1: about Yeah, that's the harvestable portion of the plant though the plant does the Inside the hop cone is a uh, glands that are called lupulin glands. Mm -hmm. Those lupulin glands produce the aroma and the bitterness and all those characteristics that we look for in our beer. Um, You know, the alpha, the beta acids, and the essential oils come from the lupulin glands. So they're these small, and I should, well, I might have some. We'll have to look in the back. (laughs) Uh, But these small cones produce that, and these small little yellow lupulin glands um are very potent and powerful so as far as ingredients in beer hops are not a large portion of the ingredient base in in a beer uh very small so the very strong bittering power that they have
0: right so not a lot of hops is needed but it gives it it instills a lot of flavor right Little goes a long way were you okay so flashback to 2012 for a second and before were you much of a beer drinker or were you like, eh, I could take it or leave it. I'm, I'm good with it. But then you just became passionate about it. Are you even a big beer drinker now?
1: Well, I, I was a beer drinker, you yeah. know, but I didn't respect beer. And I was like, you know, just hey, give me whatever you got, you know. Um, and that was a mistake of my part. But I've learned from that. You know, so you were 19 years old. Yeah, once. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Just> drinking anything, <laughs> you know. And uh, but as I began to study the plants and I realized, well, I got to develop my palate to be able to maybe I can pull out, you know, see what this, you know, tastes like in a beer or this cascade, you know, hops, things i never thought of before. So I did a lot of research, um, which meant I had to do a lot of drinking. (laughs) It's it's research. It is. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, I was learning, getting closer. I still don't have a, a good palate. I, I was told by someone I had a terrible palate, but uh, I'm trying to improve uh, it. Um, so I had to start there. So I went from, you know, bad garbage beers into more of the well-known popular craft beers. And um, now I really don't even go to a store to buy beer. I I would normally only drink my beers at breweries, you know. Right. Yeah, that's the fresh of a beer uh, you just can't get it out of you know the stores i don't want to name anybody you know and get sued or something. <laughs> but you can't buy those you can't get that freshness you know without going to the brewery
0: i appreciate that because all the all the beer stores in town are yeah. big listeners i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: i still need them to, you know distribute so, the hops. so you really
0: do um for florida hops you do two things uh, one is, or a couple of, let's say three things, so. yeah. Um, but you're going to, you produce the plants. Right. And so somebody needs those. Who's your typical customer for something like that? Uh,
1: most of our business comes uh, like e-commerce, so online. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to photo Optics and purchase those plants. So it's residential. Uh, backyard right, it's people growers. People who want the, okay. maybe homebrewers. Home brewers, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it will be the larger um, you know, hop yards wholesale. Uh, we also do that. So we're you know sending out. You know, we sell from one to a thousand plants really. You know, so there's a large range of uh, people that we uh, sell those plants to. But typically, home brewers are the folks that we uh, that, that come to us that are looking for that. Yeah. Exactly. How many hop yards would you say? So
0: you mentioned Central Florida hops, right? Um, are now in Florida, or as far as you know, like sort of in a, in the U.S.
1: Uh, oh, in the U.S. <laughs> is I, there a lot? I mean, is that a big? Well, if you crop? look, crop. Yeah, it's a, a large crop as far as uh, you know. Uh, I think this year we just uh, last year not last year two thousand seventeen uh, production just crossed over a hundred million pounds of hops. Uh, So that was the first time that's happened. But most of the production happens in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um, Yakima specifically, uh, they produce over 75% of the hops in the United States. So this one little small city uh, produces 75% of all of our hops. So it's amazing. Um, 97% of the hops are produced in the Pacific Northwest. Um, You have other places, a small percentage, 2% produced elsewhere. Uh, outside of that Michigan, 1%. Um, that's the largest percentage of hot production outside of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, then you have North Carolina and some various mm-hmm. states there. So Florida is uh, probably um, as far as production goes the, the you know 49th or 50th position you know on the map. but um, we're growing are uh, we getting there and, uh, and it's exciting to see more people come on board. So I think in Florida, uh, it, it's an estimate because we really don't know. Um, maybe forty to forty-five acres of production. I personally know of ten growers that equates to maybe uh twenty-five acres of production. But there are growers I I don't know and that don't necessarily use the social media outlets uh to get out there. Mm-hmm. But the ones I do know, um, at least ten produce on about twenty-five acres. Yeah,
0: is there a specific hop that Florida
1: Hop specializes in? Um. We uh, work with all types of hops. But if, if you would say what's my favorite hop, uh, my favorite hop would be Comet. Uh, Comet is uh, one that has been a great grower for us. Uh, it's a great producer, beautiful cones, beautiful aroma, very citrusy aroma. So that's what people like in their beers mm-hmm. nowadays is citrusy. Um, and it's, it's just such a great, great hop for us here in Florida and the state. Um, Cascade would be next, but Comet, it, it produces well for us. On top of that, not only is it good for growers, it's good for brewers. The brewers really enjoy it. I've had people say this will be a great replacement for a Citra hop, you know, uh, that brand of hop. So that's exciting to hear. A popular hop could be replaced by something that we could grow. We could actually grow here in Florida right. um, and have significant yield on that one. Uh, the other difference that, you know, I I, I don't know if we're going to get to that, but I'll say it anyway. The other difference that Florida has compared to all those other areas pretty much throughout the world is that we do two harvests a year. Um, and that's significant for us. You know, uh, it's kind of a new phenomenon for hot production um, all over in, in producing two harvests a year. So it's significant. We may not hit the yield, you know, each harvest, uh, but. Together. The fact that there's two. Yeah. Right. So right. same plants. Exactly. Are producing twice a year. Right. So we, uh, we'll have a harvest in June and skip the summer. Summer for me is a really hard time in Florida. A lot of light coming down, a lot of sure. heat. Um, and then start again in September. Our temperatures really don't, you know, fluctuate too much. I mean, you can go to Miami and 75 degrees, um, but you can go from September um, and then harvest again. I call them holiday hops. So from November to December in that time period. Um, you can have another harvest, so that's exciting. That we have two harvests a year. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah.
0: So um, let me ask you this too: Is the goal in all of this to produce a plant uh, eventually where you don't need the supplemental lighting, where potentially a strain of hops where it's just it, it just does well in Florida? You have these two yields per year. You don't have to do the supplemental lighting. I um, mean, you just treat it like a normal crop.
1: Right. Um, yes, yes, and no, kind of, you know. Um, with, in South Africa, this is where I would get most of my inspiration from. South Africa, they had our this, a similar situation. They're not as, uh, you know, uh, latitude, uh, uh, same latitude as far as we are. We're more close to the equator than they are. Um, but they... Also had a problem with lighting, so they didn't get enough light for their plants. Eventually, they they started out using lights to increase yield, increase growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, they went over and started breeding and bred a plant that, uh, a group of plants that do well for them. So yes, in Florida, yes, we we would probably do that as well, as long as those yields are greater than what we can get on two harvests a year. If I, but still, if I can produce traditional varieties that people enjoy. And get two harvests a year out of it, I would more like, more than like still do that. But if I can have a plant that will produce more than those two harvests, then yes, you know, we would go with that route. Because uh, uh, labor-wise, it's less expensive, you know, and you don't have to pay for lights, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, the plant has to be good. Yes, absolutely. You got to yeah. start there. Yeah. And we're working on that. I I do, I, I would, I should have brought her in here. I got a plant that, that I'm breeding with, um, probably the first uh you know, pollinated, fertilized plant, you know, in Florida. Uh, but I use a Neo-Mexicanus uh, pollen to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fertilize her.
0: As now, we all do sometimes. Yeah, right.
1: dim <laughs> 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 uh, my little uh, brush and hit all the hop cones, uh, birds at that point. Um, and hopefully I pollinate them. Hopefully they're fertilized and I'll be able to pull a seed from them and start increasing uh, our breeding program. Mm-hmm.
0: Let me ask you about, so it's not just the plants, though. So craft beer culture, the brewery culture has hit, um, I don't know that it's hit its apex yet. Like, we're still into it. You mentioned, you know, going from about 30 breweries when you first started this to were at... Over 300, yeah. 300 here in Florida and, you know, in the U.S. We've just hit the 6, numbers. 000. I think we're at 7,000 and change now. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. And as someone who really appreciates that, even when we have, you know, the same or, uh, you know, different breweries just down the road from each other, like we do in the Ivanhoe area. Right. For example, you have Ivanhoe, Ivanhoe Brewing and Ten I'll visit both. Right. Right. Like I, I don't get... Married to a specific type of beer. I don't necessarily get married to a, a specific brewery. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not because I don't appreciate them and not because I don't enjoy the beer there. But I like being able to taste different things and try out different things. Right. Um, so that's that's pretty remarkable. But the culture has become such that you're able to actually expand out a little bit into some other stuff. So, you know, you do T-shirts, for yes. example. Yeah. Um, so that's sort, a, that's sort of a, that's sort of a secondary thing that you can do that. I would imagine people buy
1: and appreciate. Oh, they I love it. Really funny. Yeah. Fresh AF shirts. People love it. You know, I have, you so know, there's a picture, a little, a um, uh, little interpretation yeah. of a hop comb on there. Yeah. Um, and then and on top it says fresh. And then to the, I guess, uh, side of the hop comb, it's uh, AF. Yep. Yeah. You, you know what all that means.
0: But right. it, it's somebody somebody who doesn't necessarily uh, go to the craft beer uh, places and doesn't necessarily drink at the breweries may not know what that is. So that's a great education right. sort of component. <laughs> yes, yeah, like ask me about All right, exactly. how much I love beer right. according to uh, my shirt as well. So another thing, and we've tried some out, it was really good, is hop Water hops, uh, sparkling uh, water. A hop-infused
1: sparkling water. Okay, yeah, that's what we so like to call it.
0: Where did the inspiration for this come from? Because I understand, you know, you were when you were working at University of Florida, it was medicinal plants, and hops was one of them. That's not something that I realized. Right. So now I feel much more justified in drinking right. beer, right. Uh, <laughs> because obviously it's hops and they're medicinal. Right. So how did this hop-based water?
1: Uh, hop-infused water come about? Well, it it came about because uh, we needed to uh, kind of have another approach in beer festivals. Uh, and, you know, besides being able to, you know, push out beer uh, with Florida-grown hops, I think a lot of breweries were realizing, like, there's potential in marketing this. And so they would also have, be at a beer festival with their own hops, their own uh, 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 Florida, Florida hop beers. And so kind of as a, you know, supplementing to that, we have the uh, hot water. And when I go to a beer festival, the idea is that, you know, uh, you know, at the end of the beer festivals, you've been drinking the whole time and you not don't have a lot of water options Mm -hmm. out there. And uh, so when we have people come to our tent, you know, they're they're tasting the beer, tasting the hot water. And like this is really refreshing. Uh, You know, I feel like I'm doing something good to my for my body. And that's what this is about. It's uh, taking those medicinal benefits of a hop, you know, without the alcohol. So I tell people when it, they ask me, does it have alcohol in it? I'm like, no, it's no alcohol, no sugar, no carbs, no guilt. So they can enjoy this as, as much as they want. And a lot of the times we have people who are not heavy drinkers and, you know, they, they like lighter beers. Um, they will enjoy the hop water because, you know, it has a look and smell and taste of a beer. But, you know, it's just hops and water. Uh, so uh, we initially were calling it Love and Lupulin because and, uh, that's all we put it in it, Love and Lupulin, right? Um, so it, they enjoy it. And I'm glad to be able to, you know, go to a beer festival and contribute in that way. You know, stay hydrated, you know, is right. one of the things that we say to folks. So um, coming up with it was uh, 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 we worked out with uh, Orlando City Kombucha. Uh, they did an India pale kombucha using Florida-grown hops uh, in one of their uh, brews. And, you know, we shot around the idea of coming up with, you know, something else. And hot water was on the list amongst a whole bunch of other things. But uh, I felt Orlando City Kombucha could really help me out with this. And and it did. It took a couple of months to, to get the recipe down. Um, but I think we really hit hit it on this one. It tastes great. So I appreciate yeah. you bringing some yeah. in today
0: so that we could uh, uh, we could try it out. So along with, I want to get back to the medicinal qualities of it. But this is also a way for people who are thinking about buying a plant can kind of taste what it is a Florida hops plant can produce, like the flavors
1: that it produces. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. You know, so uh, going to the hop water again, you know, yeah, that's definitely something we're looking to do with that where you can experience individual plants um, through the hop water, um, and then talking about the medicinal benefits, hops. I don't, and we haven't mentioned it, but everybody likes to say it. The hops and cannabis are related; they're the same family, okay? Uh, Cannabaceae family. So, um, hops doesn't have CBDs or THC, uh, but it does have some of the same compounds, the terpenes, you know, the myrcene, the carafilene, things of that nature, uh, in the plant, and it does some interesting things uh, for our body. Uh, One of the things that uh, are kind of prevalent with hops uh, in its interaction with our body is anti-inflammatory. So um, it helps with, uh, you know, those conditions, skin conditions, you know, it has antioxidant properties where it can help with your liver, um, your kidneys, things of that nature. So it it is a very uh, potent um, and medicinally beneficial plant. But the fact that it's been tied up in craft beer and beer for so long, um, that's the only relation that we have with the plant. That's what we think about, yeah, yeah. ever. So um, that was interesting for me. Is like, okay, how do I pull the plant away from craft beer and focus on the plant itself? Mm-hmm. And I think the hot water does that. And there's other products that we're looking at uh, making of uh, soaps, shampoos, uh, you know, mouthwash. I mean, it's anti- antibacterial, anti fungal properties. Uh, this it is a lot of benefit in this plant that has been neg- neglected for so long. I mean, just like a CBD oil, could you do a hop oil? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, and a lot of times hop oils are produced. Yes, we use them, but they're used for beers, not in a medicinal sure, sure. you know way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to, to kind of go in that direction because, you know, at first when I was doing this, you know, I was being pulled away from the medicinal research that I was mm-hmm. doing um, and focusing on beer production. But now with the love of lupulin, I can focus on the uh, medicinal uh, benefits of hops as well and, you know, and their contribution to, you know, improving our lifestyle, our, our health and our wellness. You know? mm. That's really it. So um, <laughs> I joke about drinking beer to be healthier, but.
0: Um, really this would be the better way to incorporate the hops into your life, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And things like that. Still enjoy beer. yeah, Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. please. (laughs) I'm going to do that regardless. Uh, So on Instagram, if you want to follow Richard and Florida Hops, it's at Florida Hops. Facebook and Twitter at FL Hops. And then just look up, I'm sure you can find everything at FloridaHopX.com. If people are going to be looking that up, and whether you are, a you know, you're a home brewer or you just really appreciate hops and craft brew, it's really interesting to see. I think it's that education portion of it right. that I can see just from talking to you that you're very passionate about too. So you can show people uh, what this stuff is all about and what it can do.
1: And 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 to piggyback off that, I think one of the, the main thing that I enjoy with the hops is how it's bridging different cultures, different. Communities, You yeah. know, you got the craft brewers who love it. You got the home brewers who love it. You got have herbalists. Um, and it's bringing all these people who wouldn't necessarily, you know, you know, interact on a day-to-day basis, but they enjoy what the hop can do for you as far as making a good beer or yeah. its health benefits. So I'm glad to see all of that come together. Very nice. Well, let's leave it at that for now. It's actually already the end of the first hour,
0: Richard. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. I'm a joy to talk to <laughs> Uh, So let's listen to another song. This seemed appropriate. This is the Cold War Kids from their album, Dear Miss Lonely Hearts, Bottled Affection Mm. on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. It's Friday night. Do you know where your kitchen is? That made more sense in my head. Billy and the Commodore are two fine young musicians who make up the band the Kitchen Killers. They were on the radio with me back in January and if you missed that you can experience them multiple times a week on their Facebook page. They sing, they cook, they joke. Well they don't cook they eat. Other people cook generally. It's a great time. They will come to your house for a free Friday night concert experience. Yes I said free. I also said Friday right? Friday is important because that's when they do it. It's a great time for the guests, it's good music, they can provide a cook if you need, and it's free. And Friday. I never know if I mention these things. Check them out, follow them on Facebook at Kitchen Killaz, K-I-L-L-A-Z, and book them for a gig. Back to the show. Yellow Ostrich on WPRK winter park florida from their 2011 album the mistress that was whale good morning my name is nick you're listening to a certain degree uh whale which sounds like ale yeah. which is beer related richard m smith is here from florida hops was that too much of a uh leap of uh, logic? no
1: because uh you said mistress and hops are female and uh you know besides my <laughs> wife that these are my the other love, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So I've got it.
0: Uh, I've got everything going. That's why I thought of that song specifically and uh, did it that way. And uh, speaking of leaps of logic, you know what time it is uh, right now, Richard? What time is it? It's time for Bad Business Ideas. Bad business ideas. It's time to be just one. It's going to be totally late. We hope it won't hurt anyone, so come on, let's fun. Uh, Richard, I'm so happy to have you here as an entrepreneur yourself, yeah. as somebody who grows things and has figured out, uh, you know, this passion project and, you know, you're, you're turning it into uh, a thriving business. Yes. That's the type of person I need to help me with my, my ideas, my thoughts, my strategies, for my own, uh, you know, big ideas. Okay. All right, so this is where you come in. You're gonna serve as a consultant here and help me out with all this, uh, these ideas. So before we get started on the ones that I want you to choose from, so I'm gonna present two to you. Okay. And you're gonna to have to choose one. Mm-hmm. And just by being on the show, you're gonna to have to run with that. So you're just gonna to have to incorporate it under the larger Florida Hops umbrella. Okay. I'm sure that won't be any problem. we have plenty not. of time and everything else. like. When the plants are growing, you've got time to run a second or third business, right? Yeah, I do. I'm yeah. not sure that's how it works, but I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. So back in 2017, this is just sort of a warm-up idea. I, I wanted to do something called wooden nickels. And the thought was that people were doing a lot of recycled wood, um, reclaimed wood furniture and furnishings and decorations I just want to appear like I'm able to do that. So where wooden nickels would come in is we would deliver some of the tools, the sawdust, in-progress pieces, and finish pieces to you so you could claim that you did all the work. Mm, there might be a market for that. Yeah, and we pivoted that to just doing that on Instagram. So we would provide you with the pictures, because who's, co- who's going to people's houses anymore right? to see stuff? <laughs> All you need are the pictures to show that, hey, I made this. Hey, look at me. Yeah, yeah, and here's the in progress and here's the final piece, right? So what if we could do that for homebrewing mm. as well mm. with hops plants? Mm. So it would be a subscription service mm. where I could have hops plants at my house to make it look like, I'm brewing at home, mm. and I could talk about them. I would get some, you know, training on it. Uh, I would get, uh, I would do some sort of webinar to learn more about it. So yeah. if somebody asked me, somebody who really knows about home brewing, asked me about it. I would basically put in all the work and research to do homebrewing i just wouldn't actually homebrew i would just make it appear like i'm homebrewing
1: no i i think uh, you get bill your following with that that's a great idea that's a great idea especially the description portion of, of using hops i'm all for that
0: okay very good so as long as people are learning it even if they're doing it deceptively as long as they're getting out there and learning it you're all fine. yeah
1: you know education 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 very nice richard may i call you richard yes you can
0: great Richard, what's the biggest problem with popular restaurants like, let's say, Domu or, you know, whenever a new one opens on Sand Lake? Right. We have this problem with the restaurant. Uh, parking. Uh, parking or seating in this case. Seating, okay. Uh, I don't like to wait to eat. I don't know about you. Yeah. But I get very hangry, which sure. is hungry and angry. Mm-hmm. I get hengeful, which is hungry and <laughs> vengeful. <laughs> and then I get hellencolly which is hungry and melancholy. Yeah, that's the worst of it. That is the worst, <laughs> and that's when I have to wait to eat. Uh, but I don't want to just eat because I'm all of these things. I'm hengeful, hangry, and melancholy. I want to eat someplace good. Right. So the solution is obviously more seating at the restaurants. Right. Because I go there, it's an hour wait. If they had double the tables, it may be only a 10-minute wait. Does that mean the solution is double-decker tables? Hmm. Maybe. Um, Actually, that's a better idea than what I have. But let me go through my idea, <laughs> and we'll come back to double-decker tables at another point. What if we eliminate one of the biggest space hogs in the restaurant? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh, the What's kitchen? The s- I don't know. The kitchen. That is absolutely right. <laughs> through a series of innovative innovations, our new company, a slap in the space... That's the name of the company. Disassembles the kitchen so the restaurant can have more tables, but then we reassemble it in new ways. For example, the deep fryer is now on wheels going from table to table to deliver the freshest fried foods.
1: You're you're making a face. I'm not sure why. Can you imagine getting popped by grease or the injuries that it could cause?
0: Uh, (laughs) Well, look, if you're going to a good restaurant and you're getting a table quickly... That is the price you have to pay. (laughs) Refrigerators and food storage could be in the rafters of the restaurant, could be up on the ceiling or in in the ceiling. And we could install a series of complex pulleys and ropes to release ingredients as needed. (laughs) So that's how you would get your food to cook in the deep fryer. I'm focusing on the deep fryer, but there would be other ways to cook (laughs) the food, I'm sure, that are uh, less delicious but still effective. Right. Um, Have customers, guess what? bring their own dishes and Tupperware Mm. for the to-go containers. Now we don't have the dishwashing station. We don't have to store all this stuff. It's much greener for the environment because we're not washing stuff there. Right, absolutely. You're taking your stuff home or just throwing away your dishes, I guess, afterwards.
1: I think there's pieces in here that could be uh, really great. uh, Okay. uh, But the overall scope of it... um, you know, just a little bit more development on that idea. Okay, you know? so a slap yeah. in the space. So you're saying yeah. uh, we may need to take that to. I the like the board. name. It's a great name. thank oh, you, thank, you. thank uh, you. My only concern is the, the the fridges, you know, in the rafters, the that heavy e- heavy equipment and mm. accessing that heavy equipment with the pulleys. You know, it's just
0: I feel like with your background in botany. Right. <laughs> is that you could do a very green, a very interesting vine system right. <laughs> to make sure that they stay up there. Right. It may take a while for this restaurant to grow, Right. literally to grow into it, Right. but I think we can get there.
1: Uh, I can even have the plants grow up and get the food for you and come back down. Wouldn't that be kind of cool?
0: I mean, how close are we to that level of plant technology? You know,
1: I'm glad you brought that up this <laughs> week. <laughs> Are I, I don't know, I don't okay. know. How <laughs> I haven't, it actually drove me here. You talk about self driving cars, self driving yeah. plant cars, <laughs> uh, very nice. Uh, so Richard
0: uh, M. Smith, I should mention from Florida Hops, that's why I'm making all the botany jokes, right? Um, so that's just your first idea a right. slap in the space. Let's get to your second idea. Sometimes when starting a business that is visionary, you have to make some assumptions. Apple and the iPhone, when they Produced the iPhone. They didn't know that smartphones would be as popular as they are. Uh, The music industry and the internet. The music industry had no idea what the internet was going to do to the music industry. So that's not a great example. (laughs) Uh, Microsoft and Windows, I guess they were visionary with that. Let's make a few assumptions. So for the purposes of this next business, we're going to make some assumptions about the future of humanity first technology will only become more prevalent in our lives. Right. Second, technology will eventually take over and destroy the human race possibly. And third, we can bargain with our future robot overlords so that they spare us.
1: That's a tough one. Nikki yeah, Shally. no.
0: So <laughs> that's that's what let's if we assume that mm-hmm. the inevitably the, the inevitability of resistance being futile they'll be back. We can make this an easier process mm-hmm. with our new company. Hey, I will start releasing media, books, movies, and more that show a warm and loving relationship between man and machine. Right. No more Ultron. No more iRobot. No more Matrix matrices. I yeah. don't know what the plan is. Yeah. <laughs> or dystopian futures because technology failed us on one level or another. Just robots and AIs being super cool and helpful. Artificial intelligences that make us more intelligent, social media that is easy to understand and makes us more social and doesn't, you know, uh, betray our privacy, Uh, basically making us more trusting and easier to overthrow. And so the idea is that the robot overlords will see us doing these things and say, hey, Nick and Richard, they're cool. Right. Let's go ahead and
1: spare them when we're killing all the humans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're the good guys. Right. There, there's a movie, Chappie, um, it's about this robot. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Is uh kind of bef- self-aware. Yeah, and befriends people. And uh I think uh that's what this reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. The tagline
0: for this uh for Hey I would be kill two birds with one drone. Mm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so that's Hey I you have these this wonderful meal set before you, these two Craft beers set before you. Hey, I, and a slap in the space. Mm. Which, Richard M. Smith, of Florida Hops. Which do you choose?
1: Mm. Oh man, I uh, I like, I really like the hey I idea. You know, it, it's we can start early. You know, nobody's doing it right now. Correct. Yeah, you know, we get in now. Yeah, they're
0: all still making movies about an <laughs> exactly. apocalypse. Exactly.
1: You know, no one's making the apocalypse ha- seem happy. Right. It's, it's a counterculture. You know, uh, you know, there's we talked about zombies earlier. There's a zombie movie where um, the a living person and a zombie they fall in love and have relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we could do the exact same thing. You know, with the human and the robot. You know, um, building um, a life together.
0: Yeah. That doesn't end with one or <laughs> right. more of their deaths. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're helping like each it. other out. Okay. okay so Let's I run think, with that. I think you're with Hey, I, which is just creating content. Mm-hmm. We're going to do movies. We can uh, have Florida hops, you know, sort of uh, branding in there mm-hmm. as uh, you know, brand recognition in there. I think this is great. I think it brings <laughs> everything together. So is that the one you're choosing? Yeah. Let's run with that. Very Nice. All right. Well, just because I thought you might choose a slap in the space, we're going to hear a song right now called (laughs) Fried Grease. That's from the Grey Boy All-Stars from an older album. This is a pretty fun song. You're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. If you live in central Orlando, you may already receive the downtown community paper. If not... It's available at any number of local merchants and online at OTOWNPAPER.com. One reason you may want to check it out I write for it. There's a story about the Fringe Festival's lottery process and the terror and thrill that goes along with winning. In upcoming issues, I interview Opera del Sol's Nicole Dupre and Florida Citrus Sports' Steve Hogan. Guess what? A lot of other great writers. Good info about what's going on in the downtown area. It's online at OTownPaper.com. And if you like the feel of newsprint in your hot little hands, pick it up. Now back to the show. The Grey Boy All Stars with Fried Grease on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I am here with Richard M. Smith. He's taking a good portion of his day, or at least waking up early. Uh, Which is a big sacrifice. I appreciate it, Richard. Thank you again for being here. Thank you
1: for having me here.
0: Florida Hops is where you can find out more about what Richard is working on and doing. Uh, FloridaHopX.com is probably the best place to go as a starting point. But then you can find all the social media channels from there. And you can meet Richard, if you would like, at the Central Florida Top Brewer Festival. And that's coming up on April 6th. Is that
1: correct? Right. In Castleberry.
0: So you're going to have your hop plants there. You're going to be explaining to people what hops are and um, what the glands are that we love the flavors of. Now now that I know that they're glands, I'm less thrilled (laughs) because that makes it sound like a a body part of some kind. But I'm not going to stop drinking or enjoying uh, hops in any way, uh, shape or form. But um, uh, you'll have
1: also the hop-infused sparkling water there for people to drink and try. Right, right off the tap. We have a kegerator. It looks beautiful. Um, It's one thing to see drink the water. It's another thing to see the kegerator. So, (laughs) yeah, it's awesome.
0: Very nice. Well, let me ask you this, Richard. I want to go back a step or two back to coming out of high school. Um, I like to ask this question of just about every guest that comes on the show what were your expectations coming out of high school and then
1: what actually happened? You know, um, right after high school, I, uh, I guess I did okay academically. Um, I had an opportunity to go to the university of Tennessee academic scholarship. And, um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I was just playing around with stuff, you know, just like you know, electrical engineering and, um, So that's what I did right after high school. Summer went to Tennessee and and stayed there for almost a year. For a year, Um, it was my really my first time leaving the state Mm -hmm. and experiencing you know very cold conditions, seven degrees, snow, all that stuff. You know, so I was not prepared for that at all. And you Uh, lived in the dorm on campus. Yes, I I lived in the dorm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, very uh, few people uh, that uh, you know kinda of look like me there. So it was uh lonely in that aspect too. So um it it was something that uh it was I mean as far as friendships, I some of the people that I'd met there were still friends. We talked to this day, but um that it was tough for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I, I was searching, trying to figure things out and um just really not making that connection about what am I going to commit my life to. Um But yeah, so yeah. Did you
0: feel? Let me ask you this: because did you feel at any point that you didn't have to make that decision, or was it like, I'm in college, so obviously I have to know exactly what I want
1: to do? I got me and my mother went back and forth. Um, I was like, I'm not going to college. You know, I just I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I just why would I spend all this time and money and end up doing something I I really not am interested in doing. And it was like, yeah, you're going to college. You know, as long as you live in my house, you got to go to college. So um, I don't know if I would have found out. Um, I've always grown plants, though. That's the other thing. I, I, I've always grown plants. So When people ask me, like, you know, like when we talked about earlier, like, you know, trying to kind of find yourself, um, I've had people ask me that, like, how did you get into this? Like, what is the, what is the reason behind your passion? Um, there is times when I had nothing else going on and I would be in the garden or, you know, working with the plant or, you know, reading about plants, trying to figure out what plants we're going to produce for this next upcoming harvest, planting the garden. I realized, like, that's what I like to do. That's what I'm going to try to turn into a career. How far back was that in your life, like when did you start gardening and oh, growing things? I remember, uh, you know, again, being uh, first few years of my life were, uh, in Uh, Belle Glade, Florida, Um, beautiful, beautiful, very rich soil there. And I remember uh, my uncle uh, going out into the field and we pull it up in our hands and just deep, rich, black soil uh, with earthworms in it. And, you know, that was my connection to the earth there. That's Mm -hmm. like the earliest memory I have of being connected to uh, uh, the earth. Um, After that, I've been growing, you know, my family, they grew some, you know, collars and things of that nature, but I have been growing plants since I was, you know, very young. When we first moved to Orlando, I think we lived in in an apartment for a few years, but then once we got into a house, um, I had a little garden, you know, and back there growing carrots and lettuce and things of that nature. So it's it's been with me all my life, but I just didn't think that, you know, you're always thinking like, Hey, I got to make money. I got to, I got to do this. You know? So after Tennessee, I came back, I did finance and, um, and yeah, just, you know, it's just not something I was like, just say, hey, if I, I and I don't come from money, but maybe if I learn about money, money, you know, Hey, maybe it'll add up and I can get some money. But, um, and that's what I was chasing and not realizing the passion that I had for, um, you know, plant production because i felt like okay you know what kind of you know am i going to be a farmer right what kind of life
0: can you make for yourself and <laughs> <Right. laughs> that so it's interesting because you went to tennessee thinking electrical engineer right you came back thinking finance right. and still in the back of your head there's this this thing you're really passionate about but you don't know how to turn that into anything right. other than a side project right right
1: right so um and like you said I, I was uh i was Side project. I was growing plants in the backyard and uh, selling bags of vegetables, and people were just really appreciative of it. They loved it. Um, they loved getting something fresh. And I, you know, and I just I would fill up, you know, a bag, and it got to the point where I couldn't meet the demand uh, for the plants. And so, so I, you're you're back home.
0: Uh-huh. Um, is your mom okay with you kind of going in this direction, or is she?
1: Uh, Still kind of upset. No, she's, you know, at this point is, you know, I'm I'm getting older. So (laughs) it was, uh, you know, just do what you want to do. I I had to make my own map in life at that point. Um, But the, the gift that college does give you is the education piece, you know, something that, you know, I mean, you can gather on your own. Yes. But it's that, you know, the working through projects and meeting deadlines and working with other people and, uh, all those things that you may not be able to get on your own. I think college really helps you out in that in aspect. And that's what I really got with, uh, when I decided to go back to school, uh, almost 10 years, you know, plus after I first went, um, I decided, you know, I started off doing self-education. So I became a master gardener. So that's when I got a lot of the pretty much a whole bachelor's degree of information on growing plants. Mm -hmm. So Orange County Master Gardener volunteered there. Um, That was was really great for me. And then that's when also I added at the same time the Florida Certified Horticultural Professional uh, uh, designation. Um, So you're finally growing into this passion. Right. You're like, like, okay, I'm embracing
0: it. Let me go and see what certifications... Yeah. And credentials are out there that I can get. Well, on my I, own. and
1: I wasn't really looking for adding credentials to my name. Mm-hmm. I just wanted cheap education. You know, yeah. and the master gardener class, hundred fifty bucks. You know, the certification, maybe one hundred twenty five dollars. But that was something that you know, cheap education. I learned a lot. You know, and then and that's when I found out I could go to the University of Florida, Mid Florida Research and Education Center, or the uh, through the Master Gardener program. And I realized, like, I can go to school here. I can continue and learn more about plants. Um, and then I just proceeded that way. And I think, really, that being involved in something that I was so attached to uh, really was the driving force, uh, I guess, for the hard work I did. And I had a lot of, you know, one one really good professor, uh, Francie True, uh, who really pushed me forward. At, you know, so I had to start at Valencia to do my uh, some prereqs but you know really pushing forward and really saw in me what i didn't necessarily see in myself you yeah. know um and it was great it was great to have that experience because i didn't get that experience you know uh, in high school you know so you don't have i personally didn't have that person saying to me and mentor yeah, that exactly, guy yeah exactly so um yeah, but in, as an adult, you know, I had a family, I realized, like, yeah, I got to do something. And this was uh, great for me. It worked out so well and beyond, really, my wildest dreams, you know, of, of, of where we are right now. I'm sure there's much further to go, but for, you know, where I am right now, I'm, I'm so appreciative of the journey that uh, I've taken.
0: So you have to go back to this uh, University of Florida program or you have to go back and take some classes at Valencia, right. uh, you know your prereqs—the stuff you have to take in order to get—because this is a bachelor's degree program, right? Right. right. Um, what was going back to school like that? Did you feel like you were motivated, much more motivated to get through it? Were you like, "Let me just live through this;
1: I'll oh, be no. okay"? I had a desire. I was going to, you know, I was older than most of the students, right? You know. Yeah. Uh, but I really—that was was my fear. I was like, oh, I'm going to be so much older than everybody else, but going to the class, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not the oldest person in here, <laughs> so that was cool, uh, but I was really motivated and um, passionate about what I wanted to do. Um, again, just, I had the right professor my first class, was biology course, and yeah. she was not an uh, easy professor, a lot of people failed out of her class, but she was uh, uh, one of the professors that really pushed me to do uh, my, my best, and, and I took that motivation, just kept going with yeah. it, so, um, I ended up doing that and, uh, getting, uh, <laughs> getting, um, some scholarships and things of that nature to, um, go to the University of Florida.
0: What was, okay, so looking back at it, you know, is there anything you would do differently? You have kids, and so is there any recommendations you would make to them or to people listening?
1: Um, I wouldn't change anything about my own journey. I think everybody has their own journey, and, you know, you come to learn what uh, is important to you. Um, if I was going to tell somebody, uh, you know, what to do for, for themselves, um, I, I would just say, you know, just find that thing that really drives you, you know, that that really makes that you can get up today, mm-hmm. tomorrow, you know, that you're always trying to improve upon and and use that as the thing that, you know, because I, I hear people say, oh, this is my hobby. This is my hobby. Like, and, you're, and some people who do hobbies, like homebrewers, they're so good at what they do, and they just keep that gift and that talent to themselves. They don't, they don't share it with everyone else. Uh, I think, you know, that's a, it's great for them, but that's a disservice for everybody else. We don't get to um, be involved in that. You know, and I, I, and I see that so, to be so important to share those gifts and talents with other people. I think it's interesting because
0: it's not just like, I I could jokingly say, yeah, it would be nice to have all of those beers. Like any humbers, just send me your beers and I would happily try it. Oh, yes. But it's more almost from, uh, say, a social media standpoint, sharing what you've learned. Right. So that other people who may be on the fence about trying something can say, oh, I see the mistakes that have already been made out there and I can see what this person has done and what that person has done and now I can try it and be that much farther ahead of the game. Right. That's the difference between, I think, the the sort of what you, you know, there's no real traditional student anymore, obviously. There's just the spectrum of students going back to school potentially or finding different ways to learn. But the, you know, I think the, when you're older and you're going back and you're trying to try to do something, you're much more open to getting advice from people. Right. Right. As opposed to, when you're younger and you don't yeah. want anybody's advice, yeah, I got this. Don't because worry it's a waste of time. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. Exactly. I
1: lived that life, and uh, oh,
0: sure, we all do yeah. <laughs> right? The the only difference is how young were you right. when you started taking advice? Um, um, I'm yeah. still waiting on yeah. that. Hopefully, for yeah, me I wasn't someday. to say,
1: but you know. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, Richard. Thank you so much, Richard M. Smith uh, from Florida Hops is here. If you've missed any of the show. Uh, It's been a great show. We've learned a lot about hops and hop-related items. You can find him on the Instagram at Florida Hops, on Facebook and Twitter at FL Hops. And you can listen to the rest of this show at toacertaindegree.com. We'll have that up uh, early, very early in the morning, uh, starting on next Tuesday. Uh, So you can listen to that on the way to work or on the way to a brewery starting next Tuesday. So thank you so much. We're going to take a break, listen to a song, This is the Old 97s with You Call It Rain. I thought this would be appropriate for growing things. You Need Rain, right? You Need Rain. Yeah, so that's good. You Call It Rain from the Grand Theater album. Uh, Old 97s on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode was recorded live on March 25th, 2019 on WPRK. 91.5 FM, you will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. Speaking of listening, you can listen and watch the two be decided. Miller and Davis host a YouTube channel where they tell some stories, review music, and generally make great videos. A documentary about the Japanese folk band named Fishman's or Fishman's Check out youtube.com slash the To Be Decided for more. Back to the show. Old 97's on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was You Call It Rain. Good morning, my name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree. And one of the reasons for playing that song is because Richard M. Smith from Florida Hops is here. Richard, again, thank you for being here. Waking up early, coming out here, talking to me and some of my ridiculous ideas but uh one thing that is not ridiculous is florida hops so just real quick for people who are just tuning in and if you missed any of the show it will be up on every podcast network you can think of hopefully
1: um, and the ones you have uh florida hops what do you do there uh florida hops is a plant nursery Mm -hmm. Uh, so we grow and sell uh live rooted tissue cultured plants uh, the, reason we use, the reason we use tissue culture is to uh, prevent the spread of uh, disease and viruses. Um, we also do hop consultation. Uh, so we help growers produce hops the first time right off the bat, out of the gate, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so those, those are the main things we do. Uh, besides that, we also do a lot of breeding research, a lot of varietal trials and product development. Um, again, that's why we have hot water here. That's one of the products that we're working on developing um, uh, with hops. Well, and hop strains can be proprietary too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's you know that's where we're headed. You know, yeah. trying to develop something that only the growers that work with us can have access to. Uh, so there's a race, I guess you could say. Uh, I know the university is working on some. Uh, uh, some breeding lines and we're working on breeding lines and uh, the main groups, the main companies that do sell, produce and sell hops are, have their own varieties as well. They're, they're not called varieties at that point, they're <laughs> called brands. Um, and that's what is uh, uh, the competitive
0: drive there. And, you know, once you have uh, for a beer maker or a craft beer maker, especially once you have a distinctive flavor, you probably want to Keep that all to yourself.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very or share nice. it, you know? Yeah. It's, a, it's a great community. I've, of all the things I've been a part of, Craft Beer is one of the best um, uh, communities that I've uh, been lucky enough to uh, establish a, a career in. So. Well,
0: it does seem like it's a it's a community that really understands that a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. Absolutely. That obviously you don't want to build a brewery right next to another one, but when that does happen you still see sort of that um, critical mass right. almost. And again, I'm thinking, I mentioned this uh, in the first hour, uh, the Ivanhoe area where you have 1010 Ten and Ivanhoe Brewing right down the street from each other. You know, that's a that's a great thing. That's a, uh, a bar crawl well, in many ways. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, even if you keep driving up that road, Virginia, uh, you've got Ivanhoe, 1010, Ten, Red Light, and... Down into Baldwin Park, you know, you have Tactical. Yeah. And so there is a, a lot of, uh, you know, they have their own takes on the beers that they make. Um, but there is a growing community here, and uh, it's, it's good to see. I enjoy, you know, this whole thing. You know, I can go to one brewery and uh, have a different experience than I would at another one. So this is, this is great. Well, and uh, we have to get up
0: out of here pretty soon. But uh, speaking of beer, I do want to test your knowledge on beer. Okay. I've got a couple of questions for you. All right. Okay. So get them all right. And you are my number one best friend.
1: Okay. Get right.
0: two of the three right. And we're just regular friends. Okay. One okay. or fewer were bitter enemies. Okay. All right. And I'm going to be actively trying to sabotage you in okay. life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. But Uh, you'll follow me on Instagram. I will 100% follow you. Obviously, (laughs) if we're enemies, I have to follow you on Instagram. (laughs) True or false, the Carlsberg Brewery gifted scientist Niels Bohr a a gift. They gifted him a gift. After he won the Nobel Prize, it was a house located next to the brewery. It had a direct pipeline to the brewery as well so that Bohr had free beer on tap whenever he wanted. So this was back in 1922. Did uh, the Carlsberg Brewery give Scientist Niels Bohr a house with free beer on tap uh, when he won the Nobel Prize? Uh, true. That is true. Very yes. nice. Yeah. How would, uh, how would you like one of those? Like, you'd have to live next to a brewery, but yeah. just be I mean, able to turn the spigot yeah, okay we'll take a beer bath, I guess. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a new thing, too.
0: <laughs> absolutely. All right. Let's look into that. Uh, So one for one so far, Richard, we know that beer is pretty great. Beer names are really fun too. That's one of the most creative parts of going to a brewery is reading some of the names. It's almost as wonderful as the beer itself. In some cases, the name beer is also really neat and at least several things are named beer. So which out of this list is not a thing that's named beer, a village in Devon, England, a small ish crater on the moon or what you get when you cross a beagle and a deer hound. So which of those is not uh, a a thing that's named beer? A village in Devon, England, a smallish crater on the moon, or what you get when you cross a beagle and a deer hound? Uh, Let's let's go with the beagle and deer hound. That is correct. Oh, man. (laughs) As we all know, the actual name of that breed is Deergle. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll write that down. All right, two. So we're friends. Right. This is good. Okay. Now, are we best friends? We'll see. Who said this quote? Okay. You can't be a real country unless you have a beer and an airline. It helps if you have some kind of football team or some nuclear weapons, but at the very least, you need a beer. Was it A, Frank Sinatra, B, Frank Zappa, or C, Frank Lloyd Wright?
1: Mm. Mm. Say the cold warm Yeah,
0: you can't be a real country unless you have a beer and an airline. It helps if you have some kind of a football team or some nuclear weapons. But at the very least, you need a beer. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like something Frank Sinatra would say? Frank Zappa would say? Or Frank Lloyd Wright? Uh, Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa, the musician. Yes. Frank Zappa. That is correct. Ah! <laughs> very nice, yeah. <laughs> So we are are 100% best friends now. And now we do have to turn it over. So uh, we have a new show coming up at 9 o'clock, the Orlando Theater Hour, hosted by Ashley Ann Gardner. Uh, She's got a few guests, including Mike Jeniak and Lindsay Taylor. They will be talking about what's going on in theater around Orlando and around Central Florida, which is amazing. And uh, that will be a podcast and available as a podcast as well. If you miss it, that's from 9 to 10 Every Monday after this show. So, Richard, that means I have to release you back out into the wild. Man, this, has been, this has been great. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. so glad we were able to do this. Uh, Richard M. Smith, we can find you as far as Florida Hops goes. Uh, FloridaHopX.com. Mm-hmm. Florida Hops on Instagram. FL Hops on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and what, what are the kinds of things you usually like to post when you're talking about social media? Because, you know, some people are looking at social media. They're like, why should I follow you?
1: I, I do a variety of things centered around hops, um, particularly Florida-grown hops. But sometimes I will reach out and do something else. But I really like to document the journey mm-hmm. of hops in Florida. Um, you know, we're not the first – I'm not the first, you know, uh, grower or the first person to document hops on uh, Instagram or social media – but i think uh with the large reach large followings that we have you know i think people would get a clearer picture of where hops in florida could go very nice and you'll be at if people want to talk to you um obviously they can
0: contact you through the website if they have questions about growing their own hops or what kind of hops you sell and how they could grow it themselves you can also talk to richard in person at the Central Florida Top Brewer Festival. That's on April 6th up in Longwood, did you say? Uh, Castleberry. Castleberry. Yeah, you got to get it's your tickets because
1: they—they uh, they, it's a very, it's a cool festival because the brewers get random ingredients and, you know, they have to make these beers and it's a competition amongst, you know, these random ingredients.
0: Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So you don't know what it's going to be. So it's not just bringing your best beer. They're bringing probably some really good beer as well, Yeah, but they also they, have to...
1: The competition beer is the one you got to try. Oh, Yeah. They have some weird stuff.
0: And you'll be there with your hop-infused sparkling water. Right. That won't be weird. That will not be weird. It's very delicious. Uh, (laughs) Richard brought some in today and I tried some. And I would encourage you to go check it out if you can't make it to the Brewer Festival over at the Heavy in the Park. Yep. Yep. They have it on tap. Oh, it's on tap. So you can try it there. Yeah. Very nice. And then uh, next week, April Fool's Day, Victoria Walsh, the Macrame Mama, will be on the next show. That'll be topic-based. So we're actually doing our favorite T-shirts of all time, the favorite T-shirts that we've owned, whether that's a concert shirt or something along those lines. And then April 8th, Liz Dewar, I hope that's how you pronounce her name, uh, from Orlando, uh, D-O-U-G-H, the donut pop-up will be here. I'm sure she'll be bringing samples Mm. as well, I'm certain. If she's listening, Liz, you're bringing samples. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard, let's shake hands on the air because that makes for good radio. Yes, Very nice. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for being here. We're going to listen to a song. This is Not a Surf with Your Legs Grow, which seemed appropriate because hops grow. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. You've been listening <laughs> to a certain degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe to them. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's t-o-a certaindegree.com. Don't forget to get a cat too. Adopt if you can. That's it for this show. Thanks for listening. I'll miss our little talks.